Psalm 26 tonight. In the book of Psalms, we're going to go to Psalm 26. Here we are at the end of the year, almost hard to believe that it already is here. And one of the things that I believe that we should purpose to do as we go into a new year is to try to make the new year a better spiritual year than one we're coming out of. Well, I think if we don't purpose to do that, I mean, it's not going to happen. But I, I think to, to, to even do that, I, we've got to make sure we're where we need to be right now. I think we have become so very desensitized to the things of this world. I'm talking about us as believers. We have become very desensitized to the things of this world, and it's pretty easy for us to fall into a it's fall into a rut, a, a religious rut, a Christian rut, and think that we're doing okay when we're really not doing as well as we should be doing. I, I know that. None of us are exactly where we need to be. I ask a lot of people, um, how's your spiritual walk? I mean, I, it's just, I want to know. I want to help them if I can. And I, so I ask a lot of people, how's your spiritual walk? How's your walk with God? And here's the standard answer I get most of the time. Well, you know, could be better. That's the standard answer I get. I'm not trying to be ugly about this thing. I am saying that it is a struggle in the day and time that we live in to try to keep ourselves where God wants us to be. But if we don't guard ourselves and if we don't check up on ourselves on a fairly regular basis, um, we can get a lot further away from God than we ever thought we would. And there's a lot of people that when they don't do a regular checkup, um, they end up as a castaway, which is sad. Again, I'm not blasting anybody. I'm just saying. Because I've seen it over and over again in the years that I have been saved and in the years I've been in ministry. I can remember traveling years ago and evangelism and going to a church and meeting folks and having such a great time and somebody... Somebody uh, uh, surrendering to be a Sunday school teacher or whatever and go back a year or two later and man start asking about, hey, well, how's so-and-so doing? Oh, preacher, <laughs> man, I don't even like to talk about it. You know, they were doing okay and I, I don't know, it just seemed they started missing church service here and a church service there and now they're just not even in church at all. I mean, people that were excited about God. And, well, do you think they were saved? It's not up to me to judge whether or not they were saved. That's not my place. But I think it's a good possibility. Well, no, I know that it's absolutely a fact that folks can be saved and get away from God. It's just a fact. It just is. And so as we look, I mean, we're, man, we're right at the door of this new year. I thought... Let's just do some, let's do some checking up on ourselves tonight. 
And the best way to do that, of course, is to get into the Word of God, and that's what we're going to do here in Psalm, uh, Psalm here in Psalm 26. So, if you're there, would you stand with me for the reading of the Word of God? <clears throat> I go to this psalm quite often for me. I go to it for me. Oh, preacher, are you wicked? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not in any deep sin, any such thing, anything like that. But yeah, my old flesh, it's it's like your flesh. I deal with things such as you out in the world and dealing with people and all those things. And one of my greatest fears is being a castaway. Truly, I don't want to be a castaway. When you preach to others that you're a castaway, I don't want to be a castaway. I want to, I want to be found faithful at the end, Brother Mike. I want to be found faithful to the very end. And so we check up on ourselves, don't we? I, we just have to do that. We have to do that. Anyway, Psalm 26, verse 1. Judge me. Me. Not others. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief and in their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me, be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place, and the congregations will I bless the Lord. Let's pray, and we'll get into it. Father, I am thankful that you know all, that you see all. And even before we start doing any checkup on ourselves, you already know exactly where we are. Much better than we even know where we are. And I pray tonight that you would uh, examine us. I pray that you'd take your word and you'd use it. I pray, dear God, that we'd be honest with you and honest with ourselves and that we'd, we'd not be so full of pride that if you do speak to our heart that we wouldn't come to an altar and do the business we need to do with you. We are staring a new year in the face and Lord, we want, we, we desire to be closer to you. And for this next year to be better spiritually than this year has been. We can't do that without your help. I'm thankful. I'm thankful, Lord, for the folks that are here. And I pray that you'd help us tonight with your word as only you can. Give us power to preach. We pray, please, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. And do be seated.
the time that this psalm was written is not clearly known. It might have been when Saul and his company uh, were persecuting David, or it may have been when Absalom was trying to seize the throne. Uh, there are some commentators that say that it was after the death of Ishbosheth uh, by Bana and Rechab to attest his innocence in that matter. Whatever the circumstances may have been, it is very, very evident that David had a great desire to make sure that he was right with God. He wanted to make sure he was right with God, that he was in right standing with God. And I'm so very thankful, and I understand completely that my righteousness comes by the Lord Jesus Christ. I understand that. I, I, and I'm thankful in some place in the heavenlies, I'm, I, 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 I am what I need to be. But, but I understand that my right standing with God is only by the blood that was shed on Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And my righteousness came when I repented of my sin and trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and He saved my soul. However, from that time to this time, 35 plus years later, it has been my responsibility to maintain a right walk with Him according to the Scriptures. It's my responsibility, it's your responsibility that we maintain the walk that He would have us to maintain According to the scriptures, first John chapter one, verse six says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, with God and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Preacher, I can't believe you'd stand up there and say that you're wicked. If we say that we have no sin, We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, hallelujah, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look, I don't think we ought to go around beating ourselves up all the time. Uh, We are sinners saved by grace. I don't think we ought to go around beating ourselves up all the time. And that's not what God expects. We're not supposed to walk around and I'm so worthless and I'm so... uh, No, 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 no. We have been saved by the grace of God. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that my sin has been cast as far as the east is from the west. I'm thankful I'm a child of God. I'm an ambassador of the king. I'm thankful for all those things and we're not supposed to walk around beating ourselves up all the time but we are supposed to keep in mind where we came from and who we were before God found us it keeps the right perspective of things and it keeps us dependent upon God if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness that confession that confession of the soul is very good isn't it i mean a morning confession a noon confession an evening confession a late night confession an early morning confession whenever we need to be confessing we should be confessing it keeps us in a right standing with god um, so there are some things that will help us to maintain that right walk with the Lord. And we see some of them right here in this Psalm of David. And it starts out with a frame of mind that we will do very well to keep because the first two words say this, judge me, judge me. He's talking to the Lord, of course. He says, judge me, O Lord, judge me. If I've done wrong, I deserve whatever befalls me. If I've done wrong, then I need to pay for that. Uh, Judge me. You you know, what God wants of you and me is that if we have done wrong, to admit it. If we're not in right standing with God, admit it. And and listen, most of, most mm, uh, believers, true believers that know the Lord Jesus Christ, we know when we've done wrong. We know when things in our life shouldn't be there. Come on, we, we, we understand when, when things aren't the way they should be. 
Come on, this answer, well, you know, well, you know, you know, my, my walk with God, it could be better. Well, okay. So what are we going to do? No, no, if we know that, and most of us do, and you say, well, we need to pray more. Well, probably nobody prays enough. We need to be in the Word of God more. I, man, I love that old book, and it definitely does cleanse us and help us and guide us and correct us. It does all those things. I'm thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. So, so if we know these things, I mean, why aren't we in good standing? Why isn't our spiritual life what it should be? And I think the big thing is that, that we don't have this mindset of judge me. We, we don't have that. I, I, and we're not willing. We're not willing. I'm telling you, people come to church services such as this, and they're convicted by the Holy Ghost of God. They know that they have things in their life that shouldn't be there, or they know they're not doing things that they should be doing. And then the invitation time comes, and they just stand there like some... holy saint of God that never has done anything wrong. It does us real well to humble ourselves. That's what these altars are all about. That's what these mourner benches are all about. That's what they used to call them years ago. Mourner benches, a place where you could come and mourn over your sin. I've sinned before a holy God. I'm not in right standing with God. God, judge me, help me, guide me. I'm telling you, we need to be willing to submit ourselves uh, to the one that judges righteously. And I'm very thankful. Come on. No, 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 no. I'm very thankful that he judges righteously. And I'm very thankful he's a just God. And I'm very thankful that if we confess our sins, that he forgives us our sin. And that's why we should spend time at the mourner bench. That's why we should be willing to come down, humble ourselves before God and admit our sins and, 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 and ask God to help us along the way. He said, judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. He's, no, this David. He said, I've walked in mine integrity. Well, that's not good enough. I'm thankful for anybody that has real integrity. I'm thankful for that. But, but, but our integrity is not good enough. Yes, it's, it's good that we go through all the motions, but, but we have to watch out. Look, 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 it is right that we try hard. It is right that we try hard to do the right things. It is right that we do everything in our power to live Christ-like. But we fall short of God's glory. No matter how hard we're trying, we fall short of God's glory. We are sinners saved by God's grace and left to walk in our own power, doing our own thing. We're destined to failure. I like it. He went on and said, I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore shall I not slide. So, so that is what's going to keep us right. When we begin to trust in the Lord, guide me, Lord, help me, Lord. I, I mean, in all areas of our life, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Therefore, I shall not slide. When we're trusting in the Lord, therefore, I shall not slide. We could go over, we could go over to the book of Peter and it tells us that if there are certain things that we're doing in our life, we don't have to fall. We don't have to get away from God. We can maintain a close walk with God. We don't have to, we don't have to backslide. We don't have to do those things. Can, can I tell you, no, no I'm going to go ahead and tell you, some people have problems because they have formed their own, um, brand of Christianity, and they refuse to leave it to walk in the steps of the Lord. 
I said, some people have problems in their life because they, they have formed their own brand of Christianity, how they feel comfortable thinking about the way God thinks and what, what he sees and how he sees things, how he sees things and, and what he wants them to do and what he doesn't want them to do. No, they formed their own brand and they're not going to leave that. It doesn't matter how much preaching they hear. It doesn't matter how much they read their Bible. It doesn't matter how much God convicts them. It doesn't matter whether they should be going to the altar or not and they don't go to the altar. It doesn't matter. This is the way that I'm going to do it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else does this is the way that i'm going to do it well god says this way it doesn't matter this is the way that i'm going to do it and i'm telling you i believe that brings a lot of problems in people in people's lives not only their own personal life i believe that brings a lot of problem into family life absolutely no no i believe it brings problem into family's life because if there's someone in that house that's not submitting completely to god guess who's going to get the victory god's not going to get the victory because those young people are going to follow your example instead of following what god would have them to do that's good preaching if i am doing it absolutely so we have to make sure that we're doing what god would have us to do we can't we can't form our own own walk with God that, that goes outside the boundaries of, of that word and think that we're doing okay. You know, in an, in an amazing thing, it's an amazing thing that when, when somebody gets like that, into something, when somebody gets like that, I mean, pretty much the people around them that are trying to live for God and all and doing the right thing, and I mean, they're going and they're serving and they're doing all these things, and they're doing all the right thing, and then there's this one that's not doing it, and they're not going to do it no matter what, and they think they're right. I mean, they must think all these other people are just, what in the world, why do they do like that? I mean, why don't they come over and just do the way that I'm doing? No, 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 that's the mindset that somebody like that gets. And they think they're right. And that other people of God are just wrong in what they're doing. But they're not hurting anybody but themselves. You know, if we would all just be tender to the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's an amazing thing, truly, in our daily Bible reading, our daily devotion times. If we'd all just be tender to the leading of the Holy Spirit, I mean, we could maintain a good, close walk with God. I mean, putting Him first, doing the things, trusting in Him and all these things. We just need to be listening to Him. We need to be trusting in Him. But He also says this in verse number 2. And before you get real nervous, I'm just going to preach three verses. I know I read 12. I'm just going to preach three. Just thought I'd throw it in there before y'all got real, real nervous. Anyway, verse 2 says this, examine me. Now, most people don't want that. I said most people don't want that from the Lord. They don't want the Lord to examine them. They don't want that. Psalm 139, verse number 2 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Examine me. Search me. Try me. Most people don't want that. But it's what we need. Examine me, Lord. Kick open those doors of my heart that hadn't been opened up in a long time. Look down in the dark, deep recesses. I mean, see if there's any wicked way in me. See if there's anything in there that needs to be taken care of. 
Uh, no, it's like he's saying, scrutinize me. I mean, each and every part of my life. I'm through trying to hide anything from you, Lord. I, 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 I'm, I'm through trying to, trying to do things my way. God, please just search me out. Look, one of God, uh, one of man's biggest problems is that we attempt, we, we attempt to pick and choose what part of our life we want God to be working on. Just open up. I mean, to whatever God wants, just just open up. Let him have access to every part of your life. Every part of your life. Quit worrying about what other people think. Quit worrying about who you are. That was a good statement right there if you you missed it. Quit worrying about who you are. Well, people think, quit worrying about who you are. Think about who you could be in Christ. Man, sell out to Him completely. Let Him scrutinize your life. And I, and I mean, no, no, no. I, I mean to, to, to cleanse you throughly, as it says over in Psalm 51. To, to cleanse you throughly. I, I, mean, I mean through and through. Let Him have access to every part of your life. Look, God is not going to hurt you. God will not condemn you. Let Him show you. Please listen to this. Let Him show you you. Let him show you you that you may see you as he sees you. And I'm telling you, when that time comes, you may not like you so much. But we have a great God that can take care of those things if we let him. But sometimes we just really need to see where we are in our Christianity. No, no, no. Not what everybody else thinks we are. Where we really are. Not like no 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 not to not where we not where we would like to think we are but where we really are spiritually. But that's not going to happen if we don't open up. That's not going to happen as long as we're holding on to pride. And then he says this in verse number two and prove me. Prove me. Test me. Prove me, Lord. Prove me. I, I want to be what I want to be. What you want me to be? So, so prove me. Test me, Lord. Test me. James chapter one verse two says, "My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing." Count it all joy when you fall into different types of test. Well, let me tell you right now, preacher, I don't like that testing. None of us like the testing. Who likes the testing? But we need the testing. We need those things in our life. I don't need anything like that. Well, that uh, attitude says you do. We need it if we're going to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love the mountaintop experiences. I love those mountaintop experiences. Brother Joe, I love the mountaintop experiences with the Lord. I love those. I mean, when everything is just free-flowing, everything's good, the air is fresh. 
The sky is blue, the clouds are white, everything is just, man, I love those mountaintop experiences. I guarantee you, that is absolutely the truth. But we grow more in the valleys if we're trusting God to work on us. No, no, no. We don't grow in the valleys if we're not trusting God. If we're not trusting God, we just get further away from God in the testing. It becomes a dark place. Well, okay, fine, preacher. Well, how, how's God going to, how's gonna, God going to go about testing us? Well, here in verse number two, it says this, try my reins. Try my reins. What? Well, reins steer things. Reins guide. Try my reins, Lord. See if I'll go where you want me to go. Are y'all still with me here? See if I'll do what you want me to do. Try me, Lord. <laughs> okay, well, I want you to do... Not that way, though, Lord. Can you try me a different way? Well, uh, God doesn't work that way. No, no, if you say test me, if you say try me, if you say try my reins, Lord, try my reins, then you better be ready for whatever he says to you. <laughs> well, what if I don't want to do that? Well... Yeah, I mean, that's your choice. That's going to be your choice whether you do it or not. When God directs you that way, it's going to be your choice. And, and the, some, some people have this mindset, well, no, if I go that way, that's not, that's not going to work. No, no, no. If God's trying to guide you in a certain way, that's the best way. It's the best way. Well, I don't understand why God wants us to do that. And I don't understand why God wants to do that. Sometimes we just need to follow God. Sometimes we just need to listen to God. Let him guide you. And, and he definitely does guide us. He guides us by his word when we read our Bible. He guides us. He guides us by Bible teaching. As we learn more, he guides us in that way. He guides us by Bible preaching. I mean, he speaks to our heart. But too often the problem is, is that we want to pull against the one who holds the reins. We want to go our own way. I think I've told this story before when, when I was just a, one of the very first horses I had when I was very, very small was a little Shetland pony. Oh, they're so nice and tame. They're so kind. And that dumb horse, he didn't want to do, he didn't want to do anything except what he wanted to do. And it really didn't matter how you pulled the reins, he just did what he wanted to do. And you could run him about, oh, about 90 yards away from the barn, but then he decided he wanted to go back to the barn. And it didn't matter at that point what you did with the reins, he was going back to the barn. Too often God's trying to guide us and we're just going wherever we want to go. It's not going to work out. It's always going to work out better when we do what God would have us to do. Things go much better when we allow him to guide us, when we allow him to show us the way. Things go a whole lot better when we get to a place where his word 
that we just desire him to 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 guide us to lead us by his word that his words are just sweet uh, psalm 119 verse 103 says how sweet are thy words unto my taste yea sweeter than honey to my mouth uh, through thy precepts i get understanding therefore i hate every false way thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path i have sworn and i will perform it that i will keep thy righteous judgments Breacher, I just don't know what to do. Read the Bible and ask God to show you what to do. Let him show you what to do. But then don't pull against the reins when he begins to guide you that way. God wants to help us. He wants us to be close to Him. He, he wants us to be closer to Him than we are now. He wants that. Give Him the reins of your life. Give Him the reins of your life. And let Him guide you. But He also says, says this, not, not only try my reins, He says, try my reins and my heart. Try my reins. And try my heart. Try my heart. What's that all about, Pastor? Uh, it's kind of like this. Challenge me with more, God. Challenge me with more. Well, preacher, I think that I'm pretty much doing everything that I should be doing. Then don't be afraid to ask God to challenge you with more. No, no, I'm saying, if you're so sure of that, don't be afraid to go ahead and challenge God for more. Give me more. Take me further. Help me draw closer. Don't stop, God. Don't stop. I'm thankful for every, I'm thankful for every mile you have brought me. I'm thankful for everything you've done in my life, but don't stop now. Challenge me with more. Do more in my life. Come on, I'm not talking about just doing more ministry-wise. And we've always got spots around here that need to be filled. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about for God to challenge us more with our spiritual walk. Challenge us more with separation from this world. Challenge us more with, 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 with guiding, us, guiding us by your word. Challenge me more to be more Christ-like. To have the right attitude about things. To have the right spirit toward people. To love people like you love people. To love my neighbor like I love myself. Challenge me with more, God. Challenge me with more so I'll guide my children in the way they're supposed to go. Challenge me with more so that I will be the example to my children and my home. Challenge me with more. And Lord, if you want me to clear out my cabinets, I'll clear out my cabinets. And if you want me to get rid of my VCR, well, I'm getting old, ain't I? If you wanted me to get rid of my Blu-ray player, I'll get rid of my Blu-ray power player. And all, challenge me with more, Lord. I'll tell, I'll get rid of that. I'll get rid of that music collection. I'll, I'll get rid of that. I'll get rid of whatever you want me to get. I'll put more into my life. Challenge me 
with more, Lord. I mean, this next year, if you want me to give up this, I'll give that up. If you want me to start doing this, I'll start doing that. If you want me to spend more time with you, I'll get up earlier. If you want me to read more Bible, I'll, I'll add five more chapters a day. God, challenge me with more. It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Preacher, don't you realize mercy sakes alive? Don't you realize? I mean, we're going into 2020. We are leaving this decade. I mean, we're going into 2020. This is crazy. And you think, man, all this spiritual stuff. No, here's the problem with the United States of America and a lot of other places, I'm sure, is that we have quit putting God first. He's just in there somewhere. He's just in there somewhere. And if we think we're doing so good spiritually, then we shouldn't be afraid. We should not be afraid to ask God, challenge me with more, Lord. And it's one thing, are you still with me here? It's one thing to, it's one thing to ask him to do that. It's another thing to give in to him once he begins to work. Because he may just slap you upside the head with something you never dreamed. But the whole thing is, is that when God does that, when God challenges us, I can guarantee it's for our good. Are you still with me here? It's for our best. God is trying to get us someplace that we could never get by ourselves. And we've become way too comfortable with our Christianity. Challenge me with more. Help me, Lord. Help me. I know I'm weak. I know I'm failing. I I know I'm not where I need to be. It's very evident by the way I'm living. And it's very evident by the way I'm thinking. And it's very evident by the way I'm talking. And it's very evident by the way I'm treating other people. Challenge me with more, Lord, because I'm sick of this type of Christianity. God wants to help us. Walking with Christ will be a constant life of challenge. It'll be a constant life of growth. And that's what keeps Christianity exciting. Remember when you first got saved and boy, God dealt with you and you gave up that and it's like glory to God. And then you gave up that and it was like hallelujah to God. And then pretty soon God dealt with you about that and you said, oh, not that one. Don't touch that golden calf, God. And pretty much we just stopped right there. A a, a continued, a continued surrender to Him and, and, and what He wants for us in our life is the way that we truly get to know Him and, and abide in Him. John chapter 15 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And Jesus said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. And we need to be fruitful in our Christian life. 
fruitful prayer life, fruitful Bible reading, fruitful tithing and giving, fruitful going, fruitful witnessing. Well, that all sounds real good and everything, preacher. Why should we be, why should we even do that? Why should we do that? Because of verse number three. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes. And I've walked in thy truth. That we, (laughs) that we might once again remember why we're supposed to be living for him. Because of his loving kindness. Because he loved us enough to send his only begotten son. Because he cares for us more than anybody else has ever cared for us. That we might recognize his loving kindness. No, I'm letting that soak in for a minute. Listen, no, no, think about that. That we might recognize his loving kindness. I said I was going to preach three verses. Hold on, okay? I'm not going to preach it, but on down in there, it, it says, stay away from vain persons. So I've stayed away. No, no, stay away from vain persons. Stay away from the dissemblers. Stay away from those people that it's all about them. Just stay away from them. Get around somebody that's on fire for God. Get around for somebody who wants to serve the Lord and live for God. Stay away from evildoers and stay away from the wicked. Just stay away from them. Well, preacher, I'm just trying to help them along the way. Well, you're probably not doing a good job. They're probably doing a better job pulling you that way than you are pulling them this way. And there comes a time that we just have to separate ourselves from that type of thing if we want to have this closeness with God. Stay close to the altar of repentance and allow God to do the work that he'll, He so badly wants to do and, 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 and make something of your life that only He can. He can. Preacher, I guess you just want us to live the way you want us to live. Mercy, you missed the whole message, didn't you? This isn't about me. This is all about him. I can't change your life. He can change your life. I can't do all these things for you. He can do all these things for you. The trouble is, is that we will not yield to God the way He wants us to yield to Him. We're much more prone to yield to our television set. Or to social media. Or to our computer. Or to our own wickedness. Instead of yielding to God. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, preacher. Put God first. Put Him first. 
Well, I'm a preacher, but I'm so busy and I got so. No, 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 stop right there. Stop, stop, stop. If you put God first, He can make everything else work. Oh, no, no. You put God first, and He'll make everything else come together. When He's in His rightful place, things become more organized. And I can guarantee you we accomplish much, much more when he's in his rightful place. When he's in his rightful place. Why, preacher, why are we supposed to do all of this? Because of verse 7. Now, I'm not going to preach it, but I'm going to read it here. Verse number 7 says this, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving. And tell of all thy wondrous works. Why should I do all that, preacher? So we can publish with the voice of thanksgiving. Uh, What uh, what, what does that mean? Um, So we can brag on God? So that we can tell of all his wondrous works? You know what's a shame? Come on, I'm trying to quit here. You know what's a shame? It's a shame when you get a room full of professing Christians together and you say this. Hey, anybody got a blessing to share? And it's like... (sighs) Hope he don't call on me. When we should be able. Come on, if we have that consistent walk with God, I mean, we're walking with Him every day. He's working in our life. When we should be able to say, Oh, preacher, let me tell you what God's doing in my heart. Let me tell you what God's doing in my life. Let me tell you how He answered prayer. Let me tell you what He's doing in my... Let me me tell you what He's doing in my children's lives. Let me tell you what He's doing in our home right now. Let me tell you how my Sunday school class is going. I mean, I mean, God is doing things in there that I know that I'm not doing. It's just wonderful. No, 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 no. I mean, it should be. No, I'm telling you, when we have that type of relation with God, that type of relationship with God, I mean, we should be able to declare his wondrous works without having to think for 15 minutes about it. And if all we can think about, if all we can think about is how miserable I am, and I don't know, I, you know, I mean, God must love everybody else, but He just don't love me that way, and I just, I just don't understand why it's always like this with me, and I don't understand. No, 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 no. Here's your problem. All you think about is mm, you. It's all about you. Because God doesn't leave us there. Oh, I'll say that again. God doesn't leave us there. He doesn't do that. It's not that we won't have down times at times. I understand that completely. Believe me, I understand that. I understand that completely. But even during those times, God's working in our life. Even during those times. And, and I mean, if we can't see anything but bad, it's probably because we are not close enough to God to see the good that He's doing. And that's a shame. 
I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not blasting anybody. I'm just telling you. And I'm just preaching the message God gave me to preach. I'm telling you. God wants to do more than that for right. us. Right. And we should be a people that's just... We should be a people that's like, man, God is doing so much in my heart, in my life, in my home. And God is doing so much for me, preacher. And it's just amazing what is going on. And I just want Him to do more. Because I'm telling you, when we get to this place and He begins to work, that's what we're going to need. I mean, that's what we're going to want. We're going to want more of what God has to offer. I need it, Lord. But we'll never get it in this fashion until we get to this place where we're very open. Judge me, O Lord. Examine me, O Lord. Prove me and try me. Try my range. Try my heart. And I know I can trust you because thy loving kindness is before mine eyes. See, our big need as we go into this new year Our big need is an open, honest relationship and walk with our holy God. That's what I want for Riverside Baptist Church. No, it's what I want. It's what I want for myself. It's what I want for every member, everyone here. It's what I want. There's not anything much greater for a shepherd than to step, stand up on the hill and look down at his flock and they're all flourishing, they're doing well. I mean, they're in good health and they're eating well and man, everything's just going, going well. Well, as an under-shepherd, as a pastor, there's nothing much greater than, than, than sitting up here on the platform and looking out and saying, man, boy, they're prospering. And man, they're doing well. And boy, look at the joy of the Lord in their life. I mean, there's nothing much better than that for a pastor. And that's what I want for you. I can't do that for you. I can only encourage you to go to the one that can do that for you. I'll do everything I can on my part. But you have to be willing to do your part. And if you do your part, I can promise you God will do His part. Let's go into 2020 wanting more of God. More of what He can do in our life. Let's drop our pride and quit acting like we're doing okay when we're not doing okay. Let's seek the Lord while He is near. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you care, you care more about us truly than we even care for ourselves at times. And I'm thankful for your precious spirit and how he speaks to our heart. And I'm thankful for your word and how clear it is. And I'm thankful, Lord, for the people that are assembled here tonight. And I mean that sincerely. And I pray, I don't know how you may have spoken to hearts. We're not going to have any show of hands of what you have done or have not done and speaking to people. But Lord, as we go into this time of an invitation when we are yielding ourselves to you, my desire as the pastor of Riverside Baptist Church is that we would all, that we would all get to this place where we 
want you more than anything else. You. Not what you can do for us, but you. We want to be close to you. And, and we are going to trust you to examine us and help us or to be where we need to be. I, I, I pray that you would bless this invitation time as only you can. Lord, help us. We, we ask, please. And we ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many have already made the way to the altar. Let's stand to our feet. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. You need to come tonight. Spend a little time with God. Boy, it'd be a good time to do it. Are, are you are you so spiritually right that you have no need to spend time with Him? Why don't you let God have His way? Why don't you humble yourself before Him tonight? And ask Him to help you in the areas that you know you need help. Won't you let Him have His way? Whatever He wants to do. We're not going to take time. We're not going to take a lot of time. We'll take as much time as needed. But we're not, we're not going to drag this thing out. But God has spoken to your heart. You have a need in your life. In your home. In your marriage. You have a need. Why don't you let God have His way?